0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin
1: when I weigh over 300 pounds how can I possibly be fat shaming anybody I, it's it's not actually possible for that to be the case no it is possible it is
2: possible y- y- I mean you you can certainly say I'm down bad but you look at somebody else and say hey at least I'm not as bad as that person it's the same thing you may be pleasantly plump <laughs> but at least you're not a slob like that person that needs the seatbelt extender.
1: There is nothing worse than being called pleasantly plump. <laughs> so it's, disrespectful. Oh my god. <laughs> Canty Carlin ESPN radio and on the ESPN app were presented by Progressive Insurance. You know what? What's up? Lomas Brown is a former offensive lineman in the league. Uh, played for the Giants, but most mostly played for the Detroit Lions, and he calls their games on the Detroit Lions radio network as well. Uh Lomas, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. First of all, am I out of line? by letting my health be judged by whether or not I need the seatbelt extender on the airplane?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hey, first of all, I'm happy to be on with you guys. Chris, (laughs) it's been a long time, my good man, long time. And no, (laughs) I don't think so, man. I mean, you know, look, I, I like what you said, pleasantly plump. I like to call them big fellas. If I look at somebody else and they're a little plump, I call them a little big fella. Uh, they could be a big, big fella. So, you know, you just keep it grouped there. Like you say, we us guys that used to weigh over 300 pounds, we know the rules, the secret rules to the game when you weigh over 300 pounds.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Lomas, let's start here with the Lions. You, we all knew that at the beginning of the year, you know, we all sat there and watched Hard Knocks. We knew what Dan Campbell was about. Chris played with Dan Campbell. And early in the year, the, seemingly, we just not able to quite finish, but now they have been. So what do you attribute the Lions turnaround to uh, To having been on the inside of
3: this? Well, first of all, Dan's been the same way that he was when we were 1-6. and six that he is now, you know, with an opportunity to try to get into the playoffs. He's been the same way, and I I think, you know, for guys in that locker room, I think that's kind of comforting when you know your coach is going to be one way, regardless of how things are going. And I also think with the coaching staff that he has there, man, I mean, I know for myself personally, if I could have came off the field and had another ex-player that was there coaching me, you know, I know it's a lot of things uh, that they've been through that they probably could have helped me through adjustments through the games, whatnot. But uh, it's just, again, Dan has been the same way through the 1-6 start, I think, as he is right now. And I think that's good for a young team to have a coach that's even keeled and going to be one way.
2: Lomas, you talked about having all of those coaches that are former players. What's been the messaging from those coaches to the team this week as they get ready for a game against the Green Bay Packers and for this Lions team potentially knowing their playoff fate prior to kickoff? Because if the Seattle Seahawks beat the Los Angeles Rams, then the Lions don't have a path to the playoffs. What, What has been the messaging to the coaching staff about preparing for this game, knowing that that's a realistic scenario?
3: Hey, Chris, you know, divisional no opponent. You mm. know what? Somebody that you don't like. We don't like Green Bay. We don't like their quarterback. He says a lot of things that we don't like. He's a smug little person. And <laughs> I know the guys know that. So you know how it is, man. If there's a team that you don't like, and and, and this brewing like that with the Lions. We beat them earlier this year. The Lions split with them, I think, last year. So they got an opportunity to sweep Green Bay and put them out. Regardless of what the the circumstances are before the game starts, you still got the opportunity to put an L in their column for the year. And you know that's important for a young team, man. You got to stack as many wins as you can as a young team, and especially – the last game of the season, you know, that you want to go out with a bang. You want to have a good a good feeling going into the off season.
1: Lomas Brown, he of the Detroit Lions Radio Network, joining us. Of course, former Lions offensive lineman, Cantian Carlin, on ESPN Radio. Lomas, I'm going to make a statement, and I just want to get your reaction to it in terms of how the Lions are going to approach this game. The Lions would much rather have Aaron Rodgers try to beat them than the Packers' running game.
3: I agree 100%. I, I And that's crazy to say, but that's been the strength of our defense has been, you know, against the pass, to be mm. honest with you. I think, you know, with our pass rush that we have, with the pressures that our front seven gets on the quarterback, I think we have a better chance of beating them that way. For us, it's just mix and remix for us, meaning that's what we did the first game that the Lions played against the Packers. They were on Aaron Rodgers from the start to the finish of that game, and they did a great job of covering the receivers where when he did by time with his feet, it wasn't nowhere for him to throw the ball. So, to me, if they could take that same blueprint that they had in Game One into this game on Sunday, they'll have success against the Packers. So, yeah, we would much rather have Aaron, I think, trying to beat us than for them to pound the ground, uh, pound the ground against our defense.
2: No doubt about it. And speaking of that defense, your, your defense has been very good at taking the football away. Your team is second in turnover margin since week nine, which is when they started going on this run. And you're talking about them having the fifth most sacks since week nine. So take us a little bit behind the scenes on how Aaron Glenn has been able to transform this defense mid-season.
3: Yeah, the thing about it is, Chris, it was a lot. So we're playing a lot of young guys. If you look at our defense, if you look at our team period, Man, we playing so many rookies, so many uh, first year, you know, guys, uh, first, second year, third year guys. We're playing so many of those guys right now. You know, man, communication has been uh, had been a real, real big issue. And the reason why the communication had been an issue is because we had so many injuries early in the season. Guys couldn't practice. You couldn't get that chemistry down with the guy you couldn't get that unspoken language down with the guy because you had no practice time with the guy. You didn't know what he liked to do or what he didn't like to do. So now that you've seen the team getting healthier over the last half of the season, then you've seen the improvement on the defensive side of the ball. You know, so I, I, I attribute that to the health of these guys, and I attribute it to it now they communicate now. These young guys, like you know, Chris, at this time of the year, there ain't no more rookies in the NFL. You're not a rookie in the NFL anymore at this time of the year. So guys are expected to step up, and that's what those guys have been doing on the defensive side of the ball the last few weeks.
2: Talking to Super Bowl champion Lomas Brown on canteen, Carl and Carlin and Lomas, I got to ask you this last one about Jared Goff, what we've seen from him this year. Now, I get that the Detroit Lions are going to have right now the sixth overall pick courtesy of the Los Angeles Rams, but have the Detroit Lions settled on Jared Goff being their franchise quarterback moving forward?
3: I, I think they have. I, I, I think we're at the point now where, you know, like you said, we got two first-round picks. I don't think you have to spend a first round, any of those first round picks. I don't even think you, I think you could actually look at a quarterback probably in the third, fourth round if you want to. So that's how, well, I think Jared has been playing. I'm telling you, Chris, he's the reason, he's one of the big reasons why we've been winning the way we've been winning. That guy, you don't know whether you're winning the game or losing the game looking at the expression on Jared's golf face. Again, like I said, similar to Dan Campbell, a smooth guy, a calm guy at all times. That's the type of guy you want to have in the huddle with you. That's the type of guy I want to be looking at when it's fourth or third and long and we need to play. That's the type of guy I want to look at, That a guy that's smooth and know he has his stuff down, confident in what he can get done. Lomas,
1: we appreciate it. Very much looking forward to Sunday night. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. You too, Lomas Brown, former Lions offensive lineman, Detroit Lions radio network. As well, I have to say, even given the fact that they may not, they may know already that they can't go to the postseason, Mm. it is the one game I am looking forward to the most. No doubt. No doubt. I just I, I. I guarantee this is going to be an entertaining game. Well, you know, it's because of what Loma said. Like,
2: this is a team that doesn't like the Green Bay Packers, and they hate Aaron Rodgers. And it showed how that defense got after his ass in that matchup they had at Ford Field earlier in the season. So, regardless of the outcome, between the Rams and the Seahawks, uh-huh. I think you'll get the A game for the Detroit Lions. And that's why I'm looking forward to it, and that's why I'm glad that the NFL flexed this game to Sunday night primetime, because this is going to be a fun one.
1: This is one of the mantras why, that has me so excited about this game. One of the mantras I have always lived by. And I will and I will also say this, Carlin. If you hadn't been watching Aiden
2: Hutchinson, for people that yeah. don't pay a lot of attention to Detroit Lions football, oh. like this is a guy that's in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. He's damn good. When I hear the word
1: motor, I think of Aiden Hutchinson. He's that guy. He's an athlete, though, Carlin. Yeah. Carlin, he's got seven and a half sacks and he's got three picks. Yep. He's got three. He's got three picks. But he never stops coming at you. That's what I'm saying. No, I get what you're saying. I got and, you. and listen, as far as the Lions and the motivation, it goes back to the mantra that I have always lived by vengeance and spite. Very underrated. <laughs> very underrated. So even if they're out on Sunday night, Hey, I may not be going, but neither are you. I love that. (laughs) And you
2: know that's got to be what Dan Campbell is preaching before the game. Oh, absolutely. If that's the
1: scenario, if that's how this thing plays out, oh, man, that's going to be great to watch. If I can't go to the postseason, I am dragging you back down to hell. Yeah. (laughs) Katie and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out how they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. What is also very interesting this weekend is something that we have not talked about much and what the Cowboys have to play for against the Commanders Sunday at 425. Why? Well, Basically, everything that they need to know will already be in the books by the time they take the field on the commanders against the commanders. Because they need, in order to get home field and the number one seed, they need to win and get Philly and San Francisco to lose, unlikely. Or to just win the NFC East, they need to win and a Philadelphia loss. So, Chris, they're going to know. The, the primary game here is Philadelphia. Yes. They're going to know by the time they take the field as to whether or not they can truly improve their playoff positioning, which yeah. has me curious about how they will approach this game with Dak Prescott and who they're going to play against the Commanders. Well,
2: I, I hear what you're saying.
1: They'll play him some. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, how they'll, much?
2: They'll play him some. Um We'll see. I mean, the Eagles-Giants kick off at 425. The Commanders kick off at tw- 425. So. Oh, my
1: bad. I'm sorry. I had yeah. it in my head that the Eagles-Giants was at 1. No, no that's a 425, at 425 Never mind. That's a
2: 425 game, and so is the 49ers-Cardinals game. Never mind. I'm a, a, my yeah. mistake there. Yeah, so there. the NFL is going to play with a little theater. We're going to have some right. theater in this, which is a good thing. Yeah. I, I like the drama, and, you know, as a player, you know that there's going to be some scoreboard watching, but that's why you have to have strong – head coaches, and you have to have strong leadership on your team because you have to have the focus on the task at hand. And for the Dallas Cowboys, it's having everything buttoned up. There's a reason why Dak Prescott stepped up and said, we need to win a damn football game. All right, let's focus on beating the commanders, and then we'll see what else happens. Carlin, even if the Cowboys don't get the bye week, even if they don't win the division, there's still something to play for. And for them, it's improvement in certain key areas. How about for your defense, being able to stop the run? That's an improvement. Being able to rush the passer like you did earlier in the season. That has to get better. For your offense, not turning the football over. Yeah. I mean, the turnovers with Dak Prescott is egregious. Colin, you're talking about the guy having 14 turnovers. That's a problem. So you, those things have to get better. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. So you'd like to see a clean operation. No pre-snap penalties on either side of the ball. Those things matter. So I think that's what your focus has to be if you're Dallas because you want to go into the wild card game against the Bucs having everything buttoned up. And right now, I can't say that the Dallas Cowboys are buttoned up. Now, here's what they got working in their favor. They've had a bye week, essentially, with playing on Thursday night, having 10 10 days between when they last played and this Week 18 matchup. I think that matters in terms of making sure you get guys fresh, and it matters in terms of being able to work on your game plan and and work on some of the things that you got to fix. You can self-scout in that time period Uh and be able to improve from when we last saw them against the Tennessee Titans. Because think about this. They played a sloppy game against the Titans, Carlin, and it was a pass interference call in the third quarter that bailed them out uh, amidst a bunch of drop passes from the Tennessee Titans receivers that bailed them out. Tennessee went out there with their JV team. All right, JV team—they got 22 guys on IR this year. They had their third-string quarterback in Josh Dobbs. That's the team that the Cowboys struggle to put away. That—that's not representative of a team that has title aspirations. So to me, that's what the Cowboys have to play for in Week 18 against the Commanders.
1: Here's what's odd for me with Dallas: There's no part of me that really feels like one way or the other that home field is actually important to the Cowboys. Mm. And the reason I say that is I just don't trust them at home. I I think they're more... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that to not them. It's Chris, I don't look at them. I look at the 49ers, and I say they are not going to lose at home. Okay? Okay. I look at the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles would lose at home in the postseason. Okay. The Cowboys, I can't say that about. But I also can't say that if the Cowboys on the are on the road, they're definitively going to lose. Like, I think to me, the 49ers' defense is going to travel. I'd give them a chance in Philly, but unlikely. I think the Cowboys, their fate is not ultimately determined by having home field or not, if that makes sense. Like, I think they would just as easily lose in Dallas – as they would win in Philadelphia if they're playing the Eagles that that if that makes sense i just don't believe for a minute that their fortunes are tied to having home field advantage
2: well 3 of their 4 losses have been on the road so mm-hmm. i get where you're coming from i don't know that home field advantage means as much to them just because of all of the things well, that are going their on. Well, given the playoff history too. That's yeah, and uh, and that's, that's the what's other thing. Yeah, opinion. that's the other thing too. Cuz I mean Dak Prescott had the number 1 seed back in 2016. They lost to the Green Bay Packers. Now yep. it was a hell of a drive by Aaron Rodgers and a great one voters, of the great Jared, throws. Jared Cook. That was yeah. unbelievable. Um so when you look at that situation, you shrug your shoulders, but I, I will say this. The Cowboys have got to get back to what their identity is which is your offense being able to control the complexion of the game with the run game and play-action passing, and then your defense being able to close teams out when they get them down with double-digit leads. They haven't been able to do that of late, Carlin. They haven't. Their defensive line, their pass rush. Way down. Had. Carlin, Way down. Carlin, they've had three sacks in the last four games. That's oh. dead last in the National Football League.
1: Dead last. Oof. Dead last. Dead last. That's supposed to be the strength of this team. Scale of 1 to 10 right now, your faith in the, in the Cowboys.
2: Oh, oh, oh. I mean, zero. I have zero faith. Why should I have any faith? They're going to play a team in a wild card round that they lost to each of the past two years. And, oh, by the way, this is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. At home. You know, Tom Brady, at home. Can he have nine, Carlin, 19 times, 19 times. He's been in the playoffs. This will be his twentieth. Yep, nineteen times he's been in the playoffs. You know how many times he's been bounced in the wild card round? Twice, three times. That's uh-huh. it. That's it. Three.
1: Uh, I, I mean, listen. I don't. I don't have a. Can lot he of faith. have negative faith? Instead of zero to ten, can I go minus ten to ten? I don't 10? have a lot I'll of faith. I don't have
2: a lot of faith in the Bucks. But Carlin, I'm I'm going to be the last one to bury Tom Brady.
1: I guess what I'm ultimately saying is I really trust the Cowboys to blow it in any venue they're playing in. There you go. That's what you wanted to say. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I was trying to say it in a nice way. Well, if that happens, you know they're going to have a new head coach next year, too. This is accurate. (laughs) Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, frankly, we've been a disgrace. What are we talking about? We'll explain next.
0: Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: What it is, word a disgrace. Yeah, abominable. Just awful. 0-3 last week. We are sitting in last place among the among the four shows still standing. I guess Bart and Hunter are out of the... <laughs> Out of the mix, considering that they're in New York only Well, now. they were already out of the mix a week ago. So. <laughs> Just so you
3: know, I ruined them, so I hope I bring you better luck. You tanked luck.
1: them, Stash, Stash oh, was yeah. their producer uh, up until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. w- how did you put them in the tank, Stosh?
3: Oh, we were, we were brutal. I mean, <laughs> they couldn't have voted us off the island fast enough.
1: <laughs> well, we're doing our damnedest. Yeah. We're doing our damnedest because right now we are sitting in fourth place among the four shows at 24, 25, and 2 after an 0-3 showing last week. Greeny is in first place at 29 and 20 and 2, then Freddie and Fitz, then KJM. So, I don't know. Greeny got that pencil working a little bit sometimes. Well, here's what Greeny does, which I think is just fraudulent. He goes the opposite of what his instincts are with the picks. So, he's really playing it both ways. He's fading I himself. I think this is going to happen... But I'm so bad at picking. I'm going to pick the other side. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it—that's—it's it, a little fraudulent. Okay. So, wait, am I wrong? I mean, he's—he's
2: rode that all the way to being number one in the Pick'em Challenge. Yes. Going into Week 18. All I'm saying
1: is, like, it's—it's eh, it's not what you really think. We got to make some hay the next couple of weeks. That's what yeah, I. Yeah. Mean. Maybe we should have been doing the opposite based on yeah, what's happening. Well, let's get right to it.
0: Titans at Jaguars.
1: That is tomorrow night. The Titans are getting six points against the Jaguars tomorrow night in uh, Jacksonville. I think there was some ridiculous number that I heard earlier today. I don't know what it says now. But I heard something like 94% of the money this year, or this week was on the Jaguars so far. Mm-hmm. What does it look like right now? Do we
2: have that? Yeah, I can pull that up right now. I can tell you the money for this game, people betting this specific game. Yeah. Yeah, the money is on the Jaguars. There is no question about that, Carlin. Yeah. So, like, like the, okay, so here we go, Carlin. The general public. Um, oh, this is a little bit surprising. Fifty-three percent of the cash. Oh wow. Okay. On the Jaguars ATS.
1: Well, then I feel even better about picking the Jaguars. Yeah. Because the normally, normally my,
2: line it's sixty-eight percent.
1: Yeah. Normally, I would have gone. Uh, against what the general public thought because there was one place that had it at that earlier today. Mm -hmm. Chris, I'm trying here. I just I don't see a, a route for the Titans to win this game. I don't either. Yeah. I mean,
2: think about it this way, Carl. In the last three games, the Titans have scored 14 points. That's against the Chargers. 14 points against the Texans. And 13 points against the Cowboys. Yeah. They can't score points. Now, conversely, the Jacksonville Jaguars the last three games? Their offense, 40 points, 19 points on a short week against the Jets that they won, and then 31 points. So all I'm simply saying is when you when you look at this, they scored 90 points in three games in comparison to the, what, 41 points yeah. the Titans have scored? Not great,
1: Bob. Plus the Tennessee defense is not, not great. They're kind of falling apart a little bit. Yeah. So – Ultimately here, we got the Jags minus six. Accurate? Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had the
2: best QBR since week nine, best passer rating since week nine in the National Football League. Yeah,
1: I'll take that guy. We are riding with the Jaguars minus six. Pick number one.
0: Cowboys at Commanders.
1: Well, we were talking about this during the break, and as much as uh, we look at this game and we're interested in how the Cowboys – uh look at it too, like what their possibilities are of truly getting home field throughout the playoffs, which the two other games, they are up against at the same time. So they won't know going in. Uh, I misspoke about that earlier. It'll be the Eagles and Giants. And then the 49ers as well, both playing at 425. Uh, Chris, for whatever reason, it's just a lack of trust. I don't expect the Cowboys to cover a touchdown spread.
2: Here's the strange thing about this game, Carlin. You would think that everybody would be on board with the Cowboys because they still can win the division and they still can get a first-round bye, depending on how the other games go with San Francisco and Philadelphia. But, Carlin, against the spread, 79% of the cash is on the Commanders. Wow. 79%. Now, here's the thing. And again, normally I would go against that. It's got to be... The public believing that the Commanders are going to get a little bit of bump because of Taylor Heineke being in back in the lineup. Oh. They really don't have anything to play for in terms of them being able to make the playoffs. But the next can best thing... Can they save their head coach's job? Can they save their head coach's job? And can they, I don't know, knock the Dallas Cowboys down a peg a little bit? Can they keep well, the Well, Dallas- there's no question they want to stick it to the Cowboys. Exactly. Yeah. So could this be a little parting shot to the Dallas Cowboys with them taking a pound of flesh? I, I, I'm just... Is your inclination? It it sounds like your
1: inclination is to take the points. I'm leaning that way. So let's do it. Let's do it. We are going to take the Commanders plus seven. Commanders plus seven. Game number two. Lions at Packers. Well, listen, I'm I'm on the Lions all week long. Mm. I am on the Lions in this game. Even if they go into the game knowing that they can't make the playoffs, I think there would be an awful lot of joy taken out of sending the Packers home. Think about how odd this is for a second. The Lions need the Seahawks to lose and they need to win to get in. Right. Mm -hmm. But the Seahawks are playing right before them. And then the Seahawks to get in would need the Lions to beat the Packers if they win. So like, it's, it's kind of odd right there. Right. But I purposely in this spot will absolutely ride with the hot. I think the Lions are the hot hand, even though they, Tripped up a bit. I, I I still believe Dan Campbell and these guys are gonna want to stick it to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And I'm with you on that
2: one, Carlin. Maybe I'm too close to it because Dan Campbell is a former teammate and I root for him. But I just feel like the Detroit Lions won't be deflated even if they can't get into the playoffs, knowing that the
1: Seahawks. No, the their season earlier. no, they are going into the off season no matter what feeling good about where they're headed. yeah and that's
2: the thing i believe that the detroit lions want to make a statement about what the nfc north is going to be and where their place is going to be at and where the packers place is going to be at in the changing landscape in that division
1: lions are getting four and a half points in this game we are taking detroit plus four and a half we on board we on board. Detroit has got to run it better than Green Bay, though. Yes,
2: they have to run. That's the key to this hey, game. Which offense can you want run to feel better? better about it?
1: Yeah. Who leads the league in rushing touchdowns? Jamal J- Jamal Williams, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, and he's about to hit a thousand yards. Yeah, Lions have done a good job. Good I, I'm I'm on board with that, and. Again, I said this earlier, spite, very underrated. Yes. (laughs) So that will be a spite game for me. I wonder how
2: much of a beautiful mystery the offseason would be if the Lions kept the Packers out of the playoffs. (laughs)
1: That would be a beautiful mystery. Uh, I (laughs) I can see
2: it on your face right now. You can envision it. You've got a Kool-Aid smile on your face right now. Like, there is thinking about Aaron Rodgers losing in Lambeau Field in the regular season finale, in a win and end situation.
1: Here's where my spite goes. Like here's how deep it could go. Mm. There is part of me that would want to take, I don't know, four or five days, fly down to Peru, find Aaron Rodgers, see wherever he is on top of Machu Picchu or whatever, and just ask him how his off season's going. <laughs> And then fly home. Just, for, you're going to go on that trek for that one Exactly. Purpose. Yeah. Hey, uh, how's it going? <laughs> Can't see it, Carlin. Wow. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app were presented by Progressive Insurance. Three and Out is on the way, and it includes a troubling email I received earlier today. That's next.
0: The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss and Carlin?
1: You know what it's time for. That's right, my friend.
0: Time to earn some cash.
1: The taste of money,
2: the smell of wealth.
0: Kansy and Carlin's best play of the night. The
2: taste of money.
1: It's a primetime parlay, baby. Hello. That's right. Primetime for tomorrow night. We're going to put you in on the Titans-Jags game tomorrow night. Now, we are not going to take the Jaguars minus the points here because we did already uh, in the other wager in the Pick'em challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. What we
1: are going to do is take the over at forty points. Over Titans, Jags forty, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to tie that in. Travis Etienne rushing attempts sixteen and a half. Travis Etienne rushing attempts sixteen and a half. I like that. I like that too. I got one more for you. Shoot,
2: Evan Ingram. Yes, over under four and a half catches. The Tennessee Titans have given up the fourth most catches to opposing tight ends. Can I interest you in Everett Ingram
1: over four and a half catches? In fact, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Now, our payout on this three-leg parlay, not a huge number, plus 390. Mm -hmm. So, four to one. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not, you know... So are you, no, su- are you suggesting that
2: we get greedy? No. No. I think we need to get, get on the beam. We get a win. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is a slump buster pick right here. I like it. I over like it. 40, Tennessee-Jacksonville tied in with Travis Etienne over 16.5 rushing attempts and Evan Ingram over 4.5 catches. I, I like it. it. That is your play of the night.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... three and out.
1: By the way, Play of the Night a moment ago was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Three and out. All right. Let us get to it, my friends. First of all, this Carlos Correa story is getting a little bit nuts. Canty, Carlos Correa... And the Mets still have not ironed out their issues with his uh, potential long-term health issues. He's got a plate in his leg from a surgery years ago. hasn't been a problem until uh, hasn't been a problem up until now. But they project, as the San Francisco Giants doctors did too, that it will be a problem down the line. And today we're hearing for the first time, Correa may be engaging other teams. And the Mets are starting to get frustrated with where they are with this. I mean, listen, the Mets are
2: looking at this guy as one of their big-time free agent targets. What are you doing? He already said he wants to play with Francisco Lindor. As a matter of fact, the only team that he's willing to play third base for is the team that has Francisco Lindor at shortstop. With that as a part of your infield, especially at the hot corner, why why would you not want to do this deal? He's a phenomenal player. Who cares what the deal looks like five, five, seven years from now? It's not going to be a good deal anyway, Carlin, at that point. You're getting it for the here and now to compete for championships, and Carlos Correa is a damn good
1: baseball player. Only question is, do you still want to give him 13 years? I mean, you know, 13 years we're talking about, or 12 years, whatever it is. I get it, Carlin. It's
2: uncomfortable, but that is the way of the world now. These deals are going to be in that stratosphere. Think about what Aaron Judge got from the Yankees. You think they wanted to give a player – Over 30, a nine-year contract? No. But that's the way of the world. That's what you do. If you want Carlos Correa, if you think he can have that kind of impact towards your team winning, then who cares what the deal looks like seven, eight years from now?
1: Who cares? All right. I'll go with it. For me, I get it. Who cares what it looks like seven or eight years from now? I think it's a little tougher to swallow, though, when you have this kind of an issue. A little bit later on. I know it's gonna be bad on the back end anyway. It's gonna be bad. But if I knew going in that it was specifically gonna be bad, I'd be a little bit more careful. Okay. okay. Uh I got an email earlier today. Uh gonna have to reset the password on my Chick-fil-A account.
2: What happened to your Chick-fil-A?
1: I, pa- I don't know. Apparently there have been Chick-fil-A accounts that have been compromised. So people are fishing chip. Chick Fil A accounts now. They're, first of they're, all, they're trying—they're scammers can, that are trying to get your Chick Fil A account. Can we acknowledge first of all that I have a Chick Fil A account?
2: <laughs> hey, listen, man, you're trying to get those rewards, brother. I, I, a, I, free eight, even... a free
1: a piece nugget ain't never hurt nobody. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I've—I haven't even used them. I am storing away that free sandwich. Okay. So now I got to go change my email or change my password. Yeah. That's free a, sandwich. That's a, <laughs> that's a problem. And then, Canty. Celine Dion, Celine Dion, excuse Celine me, Dion, Celine Dion, Celine Dion, Dion had fans of hers protesting outside the offices of Rolling Stone magazine because Rolling Stone did not name her one of the 200 greatest singers of all time. Those people have too much damn time on their hands, Carl, and they
2: need some business. I don't know how they take time out of their day. To protest in front of Rolling Stones that Celine Dion is not on the 200 best singers of all time. This is an (laughs) outrage.
1: It's ridiculous. One of the signs said, Rolling Stone, you've hit an iceberg. In reference to her (laughs) song from Titanic. I gotta say, the Rolling Stones.
2: Another guy called it a crime. The Rolling Stones top ten is pretty solid, but I don't know that Beyonce should be in the top ten. She's a great entertainer. Not necessarily the best vocalist in the world. I
1: don't know. Celine Dion's a national treasure.